Hi, this is Dan Sullivan. I'd like to welcome you to the Multiplier Mindset Podcast. I'd like to introduce you to an entrepreneur in Toronto, Jeff Carnavalli. He's in the mortgage business. He tells a story that I think really points out something, why small businesses stay small. And the reason is because most entrepreneurs, those who consider themselves entrepreneurs, don't actually have a company. What they have is a job. And their goal, actually, is to see if they can do everything in the job by themselves. And I can tell you from coaching entrepreneurs for almost 50 years, it doesn't work. And it's not just that you don't grow. It's that it isn't a good way to live. It isn't a good way to work. Okay, and Jeff starts off with what I think for him was probably a very unhappy experience in that he was trying to do everything himself. And it ended up with him not doing what he really needed to do and oftentimes putting himself in a position where he actually failed to follow through on promises that he had made to his customers. Okay, and as you know, the business of getting mortgages actually has to happen quickly. There's a very, very narrow window of opportunity when you mortgage broker has to get the funding secured and has to meet the deadlines of the clients. And he had a situation that really scared him because he almost waited too late to actually do the work. And that forced him to examine his life and examine how he was looking at things. And at about that point, he joined Strategic Coach. My name is Jeff Carnavale. I'm a mortgage broker and lender here in Toronto, Ontario. My primary market is the Southern Ontario, the GTA, and just kind of the outskirts of that. For any entrepreneur, it's not like you go in into Strategic Coach and now they've given you this whole other game plan that you didn't think of. It it just kind of helps you organize your thoughts as to what it is you want. And then essentially just kind of make a game plan to get there. It keeps you a little bit accountable. One of the phrases that coaches thinking about your thinking. And I think that's a big one where it's, it's not just, you know, the, the classic example is, you know, I got this really great idea. And then you shelf it for six months and then you go back to it six months later because you thought of it again. And, you know, it's not that you wouldn't accomplish the things that you would want to accomplish, but maybe you can accomplish it in two or three years versus 10 to 15 years. Some of the exercises you kind of work through and certain ideas, you think to yourself, like, why am I holding back on this? Sometimes just pull the trigger sooner than you expected. It just kind of helps you get out of your own way a little bit. You know, my father was an entrepreneur and I think I just grew up whether it was consciously or subconsciously wanting to take control out of my own life and not being at, you know, when does my boss have me working this week or when do I have to book vacation time? And like, it's just something about having your own control, I guess somehow was in my DNA from seeing that as a young child. Obviously I didn't think of that as being an entrepreneur, but people ask me about strategic coach. And I say, you know, like I remember one of the first workshops, you know, it talks about like, you know, freedom of time, freedom of money. And it's like, not every entrepreneur wants the same thing. What I want might be different than what other people in coach want. And so it's all based on you. What do you want? And then how do you build a business to support that and cultivate that? 
people kind of have this misconception that coach is about, they tell you how to grow your business. They don't tell you anything. They just kind of give you the tools to work through how you want to grow your business, right? And, and I think the thing is, people think that coach is like this, what if I don't want to do what they tell me to do? It doesn't work that way. They just kind of give you the tools and you figure out what you want and how you want to get there. And if you hit a stumbling block, well, guess what? You're in a room with 40 other entrepreneurs who have probably dealt with very similar issues. I think one of the biggest revelations for me was that as an entrepreneur, when you're starting out, you think that all your problems are unique. No one else would understand. The reality is your problems are not unique and millions of people have had the same problems, sometimes harder, sometimes you know not as bad, and they solve it. And here's how. And I think if you just open your mind to the fact that like it's not always on you to figure out problems and you just start to realize that you can make changes quicker. And when I started in the mortgage business, looking back, I didn't have a business. I had a job and I was my own sales rep and I was going out to try and find people that need a mortgage. And, and then if they need a mortgage, do I get the money from a bank? Do I get the money from a private lender? Whatever the case may be. And I think when I started coach, I had two employees but I never really had employees and I just kind of jumped in and was figuring it out. You know, looking back, there's a reason why I had issues with them is because I was a problem, right? So I think what coach did for me first off was just take a step back and think, okay, like, what do I want here? Like, what do I envision out of my company? What do I envision out of the future? Like, where do I want to be in 50 years from now? And how does that, if I want to be here in 50 years from now, like, what are the things I got to do today to get there? And even thinking like with employees and, but delegating and we talk about reverse delegating and and how you know sometimes the easy solution which is to give your employee the answer do it yourself well now it doesn't help them grow and then therefore take ownership of things you know just taking steps back every three months is like where are we going here like what's the whole plan and i don't think business owners especially smaller business owners they do that enough to know like where am i going and how am i getting there like, like what am i trying to get to and Let's make a plan to get there versus here's where I want to get and I hope I get there one day. So that was, I think, the biggest difference now. You know, my partner's been a coach and, you know, we know what we want and we know how we're going to get there. I think a big revelation for us was who, not how. I think we use that in, you know, a lot of other facets of our life, not realizing it. But knowing that I don't have to figure it out, I just got to find someone who's already figured it out and let them do it for me. And it takes it off my plate and they probably do it better than I would do it. That has been a big catalyst for how we've grown because we no longer try to figure it out or do it ourselves. Sometimes, you know, we do it ourselves at the beginning because we're trying to figure out what it is we need. And then now we know what we need to go find that person and then they take it over. And then what that does is now it takes a lot of things off of me and my partner's plates, but it puts it in the hands of people that are better at it. And then you start to just get this multiplier effect. When I start including in the team and decision-making and planning, and they feel more invested in the business, which is what every entrepreneur wants. They feel like they're really, you know, making a difference. We have a summer student and I wanted her input. Part of our planning session was implementing some of her ideas. So she feels kind of really valued now as a team member, which is, I think that's really cool. When I was a one-man show, I remember I had a client text me in the morning and say, hey, Jeff, they're buying a house and they say, hey, Jeff, are we good for the closing next week? And I hadn't done anything on the file. I completely forgot about it. I didn't submit it to a lender. I didn't get it approved, nothing. And I went to real panic mode and we ended up getting it done. But I remember just thinking to myself, 
I can't operate that way. Like I can't be in a situation where I'm just forgetting about their Nevada house and now they don't have a mortgage for it. So it was at that point where I realized if I'm going to grow this thing, I can't do this as a one man show. I think it's easier as an entrepreneur, just having to rely on yourself at some level, like, especially when you never had anyone else. And, you know, if I bring on this person, it's going to cost me this much money. And what if I don't make that much money? And if you can just rely on yourself, like that's easier in a way when you're in that space, that's easier to do, but that's also harder to do until you actually get the help. One of my friends in particular who I've recommended coach and he's in construction and he's the classic doesn't want to share stuff with his team, just like some of his trades. You know, if he goes golfing on a Wednesday afternoon, he doesn't want them to know because then they'll think bad of them. And it's just very close mind. I said, like, let me ask you a question. I said, like, think of the biggest construction company you know. If the head of that company is going golfing, do you think the trade workers care? I said, like, you're thinking like a small company. You know, I remember, like, even me, like, I used to handle all of our, essentially, bookkeeping whatnot. I didn't want employees to handle that because I didn't want employees to to make how much we made or how much I made. I had this insecurity about that. And then someone brought it up. They said, you know, think of like the biggest mortgage company, like, you know, a publicly traded bank. Everyone knows what the CEO makes. So why do you care? Right. And it kind of made me think that, you know, I think when you're growing a business, don't make decisions based on the kind of company you are today. Make decisions based on the kind of company you want to be. So if you're 10 years from now and you're bigger and you're doing everything you want to do, how would you make a decision then? Like whenever we kind of make decisions now on how to do things, we try to think of how would our bigger advanced company make that decision? Because that's the decision we want to make. We don't want to be making the decision where we're at today because where we're at today, we don't want to stay here. We want to get bigger. So let's try and think if we were a bigger company, if we had 100 employees, if we had you know 10,000 square foot office space, whatever the case may be, how would that company make a decision? And then try to use that as our guiding lights and ties. I think it's really easy to kind of make a decision where you're at today and like kind of be held back by the, you know, the fears associated with that. In a way, it was good that we did that because it forced us to kind of understand what it was we were doing. What I realized is that the more I invest in myself and my company, now, you know, some people are like, well, what does that mean? Well, I mean, when I hired an assistant, I hired an assistant based on the income I was making that day. But the minute I hired an assistant, my income went up. And I hired another person, income went up again. So what I've learned is like, when we invest in ourselves and bet on ourselves, we do well. And I think that when you're a one-man operation, you think to yourself, well, if I hire someone, it's going to cost me this much. Versus if I hire someone, I'm going to be able to double what my output is. But until you've actually taken the leap of faith and done that, it's hard to imagine that, right? You know, I would use the analogy of, you know, shoveling your driveway to people. And I say, look, if you shovel your driveway yourself, you know how long it's going to take, you know how much energy it's going to take. If you have five people doing the driveway, you're done in a fraction of the time. And maybe you don't even have to lift the shovel. And I say, just like, that's the analogy. The more people you have, the more things are getting done, the more you can just multiply all the different things that you want to get done in a day. Who not how was basically like, when you're starting in a business, you think to yourself, okay, you know, I need to figure out how to do my bookkeeping because I'm going to do my own bookkeeping. And then you're kind of Googling and maybe you buy QuickBooks and you're, you're figuring it out and it takes up way more time and it's probably wrong. And versus I'm going to find a bookkeeper and I'm going to let them do it. And I'm not going to touch it. They're going to do it quicker, faster, better. And yeah, it might cost you whatever it costs you, but 
when you go back to it as, as an entrepreneur, how much is your time worth? You know, let's say you're worth $100 an hour. I know this is, you know, a lot of people have heard this, but if you're worth $100 an hour based on how much money you pay and you're doing bookkeeping, well, would you pay a bookkeeper $100 an hour to do that work? No. You know, if you have a problem with your car, very few people fix it themselves. They have a who? They have a mechanic. You bring your car to the mechanic, they do a quicker, better, faster, so you can go to work versus you taking a week off work and researching how to fix things, right? So we do it in other aspects of our lives, whether, you know, if you're sick, you don't try to figure out what's wrong with you. You go to your doctor. That's your who. They tell you how to fix yourself in a much more efficient way. And I think if you just apply that to your business, you'd be amazed at how quickly things happen. And then when you start getting these, you know, who's around you, they have other value that they bring to the table. Like, you know, essentially our CFO, she's great. A big part of her career was also business valuations and getting companies ready to be sold. And, you know, we're not looking to sell our business tomorrow, but how great is it that now we have that resource? She knows our business inside and out. So when it comes time that we want to sell in maybe 10 years or five years, she can help us get there. So I think, you know, when you bring these really qualified, talented people around you, they just increase your capacity, capabilities. You don't have that if you try to do it all on your own. In fact, you have less because then now you're spending less time doing the things that you should be doing. You know, I just think in general, as an entrepreneur, like if you surround yourself with the same people, with the same mindsets, you're going to get the same results. If you open your mind to the fact that there's other ways to do it, the reality is that if you can kind of open your doors a little bit and see how other people do it, you can apply that to yourself. And I think in just the growth can be exponential at that point. In coach, the first thing that we teach you is called who not how. And who not how says, if you're going to have big goals and you're going to have bigger achievements and you're going to have bigger results, you can't do the hows. You're the person who sets the goals. You're the person who has the vision for growth. But then as soon as you've established it and you're completely sold on your own future, then you have to find who's who do the hows to reach your goals. And that's the secret of not being an entrepreneur who only has a job, but an entrepreneur who has a company that can grow and grow and grow. 